Welcome to Exploration, a podcast of us sisters navigating our explorations of the 21st century. I'm Ariel. And I'm Ari. Today's episode, we are talking about cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. All right, Jaja, do you do you feel like you know the difference pretty well? Like, I know you know the definition, but like, do you think you can identify it like when you're online or in per- in person, whatever? Do you think you know when somebody's doing one or the other? I think it is, the lines can get pretty uh, blurried, to be honest, right? Because there's like a fine line between what <laughs> Sorry. we can see. Sorry, JJ. The lines what? can the lines can be blurried. <laughs> isn't the <laughs> no, isn't it the lines can be blurred? <laughs> I literally like ma- I I mouth I mouthed it to myself. I was like, the lines can be blurried. <laughs> anyway, okay. So when you're in public and you see somebody walking down the street who's white a white woman and she has dreadlocks like what would you think do you would you even think anything I mean to be honest I it would it would definitely cap capture my eye and like oh okay but I don't know if I would really think too much of it okay so then how about now let me give you a different example you're scrolling on a feed and then you you see a video of this girl who's white and she goes oh my gosh I love you know cornrows I really wanted to try it on my hair and here it is like she didn't really give you any kind of like you know she didn't give you too much context so what would you think then I guess in that situation because she is kind of broadcasting it almost in a sense of wanting to like teach it I don't know I feel like that's a little bit inappropriate because you know she isn't of that culture to really be able to speak to what cornrows like represent you know especially because it's I feel like that's a big part of you know the black culture and so somebody who is of black descent should be able to speak to that a little bit better Okay, so what would you think about somebody who is, I don't want to just always say white, but it just seems to always be white people that like take on cultural appropriate. I know, but in a weird, okay, here, I'll give, I'll give you my example again. Not again, but because we recorded this before. This <laughs> but is take three, you guys. We got it. We got it, JJ. Take three for episode three. So during this, oh, it was last year. Last year during Ramadan and Eid, my friend sent me a traditional Palestinian thobe to wear in honor of celebrating. So I didn't know if I should even wear it, though, because one, I don't have any Middle Eastern, Palestinian, you know, descent, background, culture, anything, right? I'm just me. And I wasn't sure, even though I love their culture, I love, you know, that celebration of Ramadan. But does that mean I'm able to wear a traditional clothing item? I think that because you're going to that cultural event, I think that that's 
appropriate. Okay, well, what if right. what if I went to you know celebrate Eid and then I had to go to Target on the way? So they didn't know. Maybe okay, maybe some people know that I celebrated that, but would you think people would think anything of it? Maybe um, what if a Palestinian person saw me? Do you think they would think, oh, she's Asian? Why is she wearing a Palestinian thobe? Right. I think so this this takes us back to what we're mentioning on our part two take (laughs) where I think that the intention behind it really matters so because you were invited to um, Ramadan and to celebrate Eid um, and you know you're you're wearing that that cultural garment I think that's totally fine whereas you know in a situation say like you I don't know you're going to a okay i just have to pause real quick can you hear danny no peeing (laughs) no (laughs) okay (laughs) of course you have to pee right here (laughs) god (laughs) oh my god like literally right here (laughs) (laughs) because this has good acoustics Okay, okay, we got we got time. Okay. So I guess like the other situation is say like, you know, you're going to a Halloween party and somebody chooses to dress up as a Native American. That would be cultural appropriation because in that setting, your intention is not to, you know, one, spread awareness of a particular culture or, you know, to raise awareness. I think I might have said that twice, but is just to for the sake of wearing something as a costume. So I think that that intention is not as well informed, and that's that's where we can kind of see the delineation between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. Mm-hmm. I think it also kind of takes into account like the time period that we live in, because I think like when we grew up in the nineties, people didn't really know any better. Right. Not to excuse them from right. that behavior, right? right. But as as we've gotten older and as people have, you know, educated themselves a lot more now, obviously that is so taboo and just not anything that anybody would do. Right. But that's the other thing is like, you say it's always based on context, right? But more often than not, sometimes we see people like calling somebody out, blah, blah. And how would those people know? the intentions of the person they're calling out right so like when is the proper time to mention or or even question because i feel like sometimes us assuming that they're trying to like culturally appropriate is also very toxic on our behalf i think that's something i struggle with because how would anybody know that's that's a very fair point i also think that oh go ahead no no go ahead I think that there's also a difference between, like, say somebody showcasing that in an online setting setting versus in person, right? Like, people are so quick to bash, to boycott, to give feedback online because they're they're hidden behind, like, a screen, right? They're keyboard warriors. You're like, oh, like, people are really quick to, like, you're, like, blah, 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 right? And so that's that's where you get into this territory of cancel culture. But then if you take that into real life, are people as quick to make those comments? I don't think so. 
Hmm. So do you think that cultural appropriation really only lives online? Not like not like it, it only lives online, but do you think that like that type of calling out behavior only exists because of social media? And is that a bad thing though? Because you were also, because you're, you're also, you, not you, but like, we're also kind of wondering like, when is it okay to use cancel culture? I'm kind of bringing in that other topic because like cancel culture is very, I think it's works in parallel to the concept of cultural appropriation, right? And so now we have people that are speaking on other people's behalf, whether they represent or not, right? Because I also find, and this is um, a very, this is not a very good example, but like sometimes when I creep on some of these videos where they're like, oh my gosh, she's culture, she's cultural, she's culturally <laughs> appropriating, you know, like black hair or something like that. But then all the people that are calling it out, I mean, yes, it seems like there are some, you know, black people calling it out but a lot of it is other white people calling it oh that's such an interesting yeah what a great point and i wonder if that comes from like a place of wanting to be an advocate you know like because it's interesting that you point that out and i i do see that demonstrated in like my feed as well Right. Like, of course, you, you see the people of the particular cult- culture, right? If it's like whether that's Asian people or like black people like calling out. But then more often than, than not, like you're saying, it's white people speaking out on behalf of those other cultures. And how does that make us feel? Right. Well, and then th- and then this kind of reminds me of remember the example I told you about the Mahjong line and how when it started blowing up and everyone was like, oh my gosh, cultural appropriation, cultural appropriation. I didn't think of it until, I didn't think of that issue until my white friends started sending that, those articles, like, or what they think about that to me, right? Like all of my white friends were so angry on my behalf. And then suddenly I'm like, whoa, if my white friends are, if my white friends are like angry maybe I should be angry too but then that's such a weird thought process right but it's true like I didn't get really angry until not angry I didn't start worrying about it until I had my friends speak up on my behalf and how like horrible that is and like how that made me feel like how horrible like they're they're saying that they're new and improved all this stuff so it's kind of weird. But then then suddenly a lot of the Asian community started speaking up about it too. That, that also raises a, a question of like, is it only legit of a concern when a white person raises it? Right? And I remember we were talking about this in a previous episode too, because it's like, you know, it, easily we can see a situation where like, say, say they're culturally appropriating against the Asian culture, but then an Asian person speaks out against it. People are going to say, oh, that's just an angry Asian person, you know, like, and just dismiss it, right? But then suddenly, if, you know, a white person is the first to raise awareness, show it as a cause, suddenly it's deemed worthy of broadcasting or making, raising awareness for it, right? 
So I, okay. I also think it's in a way it's good and bad though, right? Because I'm going to, I'm going to call, I'm going to bring into attention that other brand that we're saying, Viore, like it's a shampoo bar that uses Longshen rice. (laughs) But I, when I saw that, it was because of what happened with the Majiang line that I saw it in a different light. So like, was that kind of necessary for it to have blown up the way it did so that people can identify it? So then maybe that begs the question, like, it doesn't become like a hot topic, so to speak, until like um, somebody reports on it. Right. Like somebody writes an article, whether that be from a big media company or even just, you know, someone's blog post expressing their opinions and concerns. Once that kind of gains traction and then people kind of jump on the bandwagon and like, oh, yeah, that's cultural appropriation. And then it blows up in, in that negative light. Okay, so then let me ask you this. So you've researched the Viore brand. You tried to look online and what, you know, their brand, their mission, whatever, and their product is all about. Do you think at like the face value that it is, is that it's cultural appropriation? Absolutely. Because you go on their website and I I, I forget what the home, the landing page is, but they're really showcasing the indigenous women of the the land that they have um you know gathered this this material from the longshen rice that that's what their product is based off of but then like you you dig a little deeper into the products and then you see a bunch of these blog posts and what do these blog posts show you don't see these faces of the you know the native women you see these faces of these like blonde hair, blue eyed, brown hair, whatever people on the beach, which is the demographic that they're selling to, right? So then if they really are highlighting the value and the beauty of this region of China that their product is from, you would think that they would showcase that all across that's so true that's so true because on their on their instagram reel and tiktok ads it's of (laughs) this caucasian or whatever like a woman in front of a a really beautiful waterfall washing her hair (laughs) you know it's just so it's so interesting because i feel like also it comes it comes into question when you see it like you'll be like oh there's asian they they really highlight the asian people that work for them like they're you know just distribution managers or whatever but then like the founding people of the five four or five it's only like one person is actually asian you know and like does that mean that that's enough quote unquote representation to show that it is being on like it's honoring that product i don't think so i think they're like oh you're our token asian let 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 us just have you so we can have some sort of clout right you know but at the end of the day you know it's a business so their question is what are they 
what are they selling and who are they selling to? And I think that's very that's made very apparent with how their branding is at the end of the day. Okay, so let me give you like this is kind of on the same topic but a different topic at the same time. So if you saw a makeup brand, let's just choose I'm not I don't have one in mind, but there's a makeup brand that uses a lot of mm, Asian um ingredients, you know, that have that like like linked that eastern medicinal holistic whole thing to the product, right? So what if you saw at least one Asian woman being represented? Was do you think that's enough? Like saying, "Oh, this is, you know, an Asian these Asian products, but like you said, the marketing is toward, you know, kind of a specific demographic usually. So do you think if it was more targeted toward Asian Asian people, do you think it's less cultural appropriation then? Because oh, I'm gonna just I have no choice but to you use this brand again, like this Viore shampoo bar thing. You know, they have their mooncake stamp on the product and this bamboo steamer, right? Like it is so Chinese. And yet the demographic is definitely not really toward Chinese or Asian people, right? Like the even just the ads, the ads are more westernized so what if it just flipped what if it is really toward chinese people they show you know chinese hair like blah 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 is that still cultural appropriation when they change the demographic i don't think so i i think that that's yeah so i think even though they're not even (laughs) though they're still highlighting the and you know the indigenous population on and this kind of like almost a trophy type vibe right like it's like ooh, novel it's exotic like would would you still think that so so just so that i can get it completely clear you're saying the the marketing strategy is the same right they're highlighting the indigenous women the only difference being who are they marketing to so yes this time they're marketing towards Asian people. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that would be cultural appropriation. Because... So okay. Right? Because it's not... I think it becomes cultural appropriation when it is highlighting a culture towards a different culture. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so then... I know, I think we might have used this example before, but like Panda Express, it's Chinese mm-hmm. food, but Americanized. Would mm-hmm. you say that it's cultural appropriation? I think maybe in its very first iterations, yeah. But because it's been in America for so long and it's almost become its own thing, that now I would say it doesn't, I wouldn't necessarily categorize it as cultural appropriation because one, it's it's kind of its own standalone. 
And two, it's not trying to be something that it's not. Like, yeah, it has like origins from Chinese food, like Chinese inspired flavors, spices, but it's not claiming to be Chinese. Like it knows it's American Chinese food. Okay. So I think that's where the difference lies. Do you think Asia do you think Asian fusion is cultural appropriation in food? So Ooh. for example, I love me the cafe. I love the cafe. I used to work there. It's and I love the food. Everything about the cafe is life, in my opinion. And yet when I can speak to it. I literally have <laughs> cried tears of happiness yes. eating the food there. It's you, so delicious. Dude, you literally teared up <laughs> when you ate the... You like cried when you ate their fruit tart. It was kind of insane. Dude, and fruit tart is my jam. I know. Okay, I'm like, te- I'm like choking. I'm like talking about it. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Take Ooh, me there again. <laughs> embarrassing. But like, I love everything about it, right? And it's not mm-hmm. like they're saying they're newing, new and improving anything. But when they bring in Asian, Asian dishes for features, is that appreciation or appropriation? Because you're changing the palate to a more or less white audience are you not because so we'll have hmm let me give an example all right there was a general i don't is it general so's what's that what's I feel that? like different people yeah either general so's or general sows so with the general so's general sows chicken or or whatever that taste right they essentially make it more palatable they'll put it over um more american type foods like they'll break like a pork a a braised pork shank do you think that we've eaten a braised pork shank for chinese food before in that in that you know white presentation way no but then when they use the same ingredients and then they sell it to you know their customers which one is it are we paying homage or are we using it so that it is very novel because we all love you know novelties right and it is kind of a big deal when a american restaurant does asian fusion but is that is that fair that's such a that's such a valid point and also i feel like any good bar or like you know drink place they they have some type of asian fusion on right. their on their menu i feel and like everywhere i go everywhere i go there or usually american restaurants right they always yeah. have they always have asian fusion no matter what like I I I have yet to go to a high class restaurant here in Des Moines, Iowa that has not done an Asian fusion before. So how about this? Like some a question that I just thought of right now. Is cultural appropriation does it only exist within a specific realm, right? Like now we moved on to food, the food scene. You don't you don't really see people calling out other people on like, oh, my gosh, you're culture appropriating my culture because you've integrated some kind of thing into your new dish. It's more like. Products, I want to say. And like, why is that? 
or am I totally off base here and like what what I'm observing I don't know like this other thing again I don't know how to speak to this because it's not from our culture but like you know like Mexican street corn tacos like the elotes right when mm-hmm. we did it at the cafe that I worked at they created it so that it mimicked everything about it but in mm-hmm. a way that people would rather eat it and also at a higher price point which right. is insane right because it's a novelty it's exotic it's different you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a regular salmon over asparagus is cheaper than a soyaki teriyaki salmon over wild jasmine rice, you know? <laughs> right? But yeah, isn't that crazy? I don't know. I feel like there's so much more to explore on this topic. And obviously, you know, we want to keep it to a specific time frame here. But I feel like for our next episode, let's bring this back, do a little bit more research and see if our thought processes have changed agreed okay okay um do you want to add anything Jaja? <laughs> i just want to do a quick shout out to worst asian pod they had an episode on asian fusion food so definitely go check it out oh you're right oh that's a shameless plug for one of our favorite podcasting ep- oh, episodes all oh, not episodes pod podcast podcasters podcasters also i think it'll be fun to maybe like highlight it doesn't even they don't have to like we said we're not trying to stay in the asian realm all the time but we should um we should talk about some of our favorite podcasts also like maybe one of these episodes we should talk about you know some of the dog training ones you like or or hiking or or the design ones that i feel like you really have some fun design ones that you've been sending me so we should maybe talk about that too one day yeah. obviously all right JJ. Yes. uh oh yeah let us know <laughs> let us know what you think about this episode if you like this kind of conversational interviewing type thing or if you kind of maybe prefer something more traditional i don't know more conversational based versus research based but let us know what you think and any advice or feedback would be greatly <laughs> Greatly appreciated. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Greatly appreciated.